You fed all your cats? Sure did. But you have a bunch of leftover food. I think that's minus. Oh, is leftover food minus? Yeah. I discard the food. I throw it out. (laughs) Right? I hide it. (laughs) I eat it myself. Welcome to Which Game First, where we boldly explore the hilariously huge world of board games. Did we unearth any hidden treasures you've been missing out on? Let's find out. First up, we claw our way to victory while still being so cute in Cat Lady. Next, we risk life and limb in hopes of a good 401k in Clank Legacy, Acquisitions Incorporated. And lastly, we squint real hard as we scrutinize the other guy in Sneaky Pete. I'm your host, Celeste Angelus. Now let's meet the rest of our brave and intrepid panel. Hello, I'm Evan Bernstein. Hey, did you know there is a two-move checkmate in chess? I'm Ed Povolitis. Checkmate comes from the Arabic word to translate to the king is dead. I'm Mike Rainier, and Checkmate is a background checking service for unfaithful spouses. (laughs) 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 Hey, fellow explorers, we want to welcome our first sponsor to the show, Smirk and Dagger Games. Ooh, stab, stab, stab. Welcome, welcome. Because games are a lot more fun when you can stab a friend in the back. They are known for incredibly good take that games like Cutthroat Caverns, Hex Hex, which we had a lot of fun with killing each other, (laughs) uh, and my favorite, Run for Your Life Candyman, (laughs) and my more favorite, Roll for Your Life Candyman. (laughs) Evan, why don't you get us started talking about their newest backstabber? Smirk and Dagger's newest title is The Deadlies. It's hot off the presses, just March 11th, and currently available at SmirkandDagger.com as well as in stores. The Deadlies is a devious little take-that-style card game for three to five players based on the seven deadly sins, here depicted as cute and edgy little animals. Yep, and just what you'd expect, a big fat pig as gluttony and (laughs) a drooling turtle of course as sloth Uh the object is to get rid of the deadlies as quick as you can from your hand each suit has its own unique wicked power themed to its namesake it's highly interactive as you may liken it to a more ramped up and nasty game of uno (laughs) perfect for family staying in and spending a lot more time together yay yeah I mean, everybody gets so darn angry at Uno anyway, you might as well have a way to channel your anger better, where it's actually part of the game. Sure. Yeah, you can just blame the deadlies now. More thematic. It's appropriate. I love how proud that unicorn is. Yeah, I'm a unicorn. (laughs) (laughs) I love how the seven deadly sins are really well represented in this game. Like, you'll get a card, it'll say one of the seven deadly sins on it, like Envy. And the effect of that card might be to draw two cards. And if you don't have an Envy in your hand, you can trade your hand with another player. Uh-huh. How envious of you. <laughs> Here, take this, I mean, great hand. Yeah. <laughs> and gluttony is like take a card from another player or draw three cards. I like that. <laughs> and take another turn. Who doesn't like another turn? Come on. Hey. It's very gluttonous. Come on. <laughs> More sins, the better. The Deadlies is for ages 10 and up, and it's $14.99. Find it at your local retailer or online at smirkanddagger.com. Thanks again to our sponsor, Smirk and Dagger Games. Our first game up this week is Cat Lady. 
Designed by Josh Wood. Published by Alderac Entertainment Group in 2017. Number of players 2 to 4, ages 14 and up. When this game was shared with us down at our Knit Happens Club, what were our first thoughts? Evan? Not all cat ladies are crazy shut-ins. Sometimes they go outside and yell at the clouds. Ed? Aww, look at the cute kitty. You gotta collect them all. Mike? Is this about cute cats or obsessive and lonely old ladies? Collect cats and cat accoutrement to win. Sounds like my real life. But before we ferociously attack this adorable (laughs) review, Evan, tell us how it's played. In Cat Lady, players are cat ladies, part of an elite group of people including Marie Antoinette and Ernest Hemingway. On each of your turns, you will draft three cards, collecting toys, food, catnip, costumes, and of course, lovable cats. But watch out! Make sure you have enough food for all your feline friends, or your hungry cats will subtract points from your score. The game ends when the deck runs out, and the player with the most victory points wins. Aww, victory points. Cute little fluffy victory points. (laughs) And of course, you gotta get the little pet costumes. I mean, they're so cute. Is this the most adorable game we've ever played? It could be. (laughs) Really? It's up there. It's up there. Super cute. Now, do you start with a horde of cats already, or do you collect them as the game goes on? You don't start with anything. You got to collect them as you go. You have to find these kitties. You got to call them in. (laughs) (laughs) So, at what point do you become the cat lady? Like, (laughs) start off the game as a cat lady trying to get all the cats. Yes, you're a cat lady Uh trying to collect as many cats as you can. So, you're starting off from scratch. (laughs) <laughs> From scratch, get it? This game looks beautiful. Color combos are adorable. They're very muted, but earthy tones like cats really are. The font is this cute cartoony font on all of them. The cats have adorable names. Each card with a cat on it has a name like Pablo Picasso and <laughs> Pumpkin and Snowflake. My kids love this game and they played it, but they didn't understand who LeVar Purton was. Oh, no. (laughs) That's on you, Celeste. (laughs) This game is really easy to pick up and play right away. If First off, if anybody already knows how to play the game, you'll be playing in under two minutes. If you don't know how to play the game, in under five minutes, everyone will be able to play this thing. Uh, I would say the most complicated part of it is the scoring. Oh, yeah, the scoring definitely takes a little bit longer to to figure out in them the gameplay sometimes. <laughs> but it's not that it's not that complicated. It'll give you a little score pad to go through. How do you know when you're officially a cat lady from zero cats to what number makes you a cat lady? One? Po- yeah, one, <laughs> right? One, but uh the person with the most victory points wins, so I guess the winning cat lady is usually the one with the most cats but not necessarily Uh yeah yeah because you can have too many cats that are hungry oh yeah nobody wants a house full of hungry cats no (laughs) no it's just not cool to not feed your cat so (laughs) penalty i'm going for it you gotta eat up all those cats cats. you're collecting the cats too many cats (laughs) (laughs) it's the story of my life (laughs) (laughs) oh no Or after you get negative two victory points for every unfed cat. Ah, Negative two. (laughs) Yes, backwards. And how's this, Mike? You collecting cats and you have to collect food. All cats have to be fed at the end of the game. If you have too much food, Mm -hmm. 
negative victory. Yes. Oh, so you have to get the perfect balance between cats and cat food. The person who wastes the most food loses two points. And you're forced sometimes to take extra cards that you don't need. There may be a row or column of cards that you're picking up because you want that one specific card, but the other two cards you may not really need, like, say, two extra food items. So that's how your food kind of accumulates, and you don't necessarily use it all by by the end when you're starting to uh, count up your points. So is it like rummy or something where you have to grab a whole group of cards at the same time? Yeah, okay. the cards are arranged in a three-by-three three grid. So you can either take a whole row or a whole column. Oh, okay. But you must take all three in that row or column. And once you take that row or column, that row or column is blocked for the next turn, no matter what cards come up. So you have to pick a oh. different row or column then. So, the next player does. Yeah, the yeah. next player. So it's kind of neat. And there, there's a way around that. There's a few mm-hmm. other types of cards than cats in the game. And they are also worth victory points for the most part. There's lost cat posters, which allow you to collect stray cats, which are Aww. special ability cats. And they have special stuff. Do those cards show up in the grid, or do they? Or is there a separate deck for that stuff? They're separate. You buy them from cards you collected on the grid, lost cat cards. There's a spray bottle, which chases the kitty away, which allows you to, to take that column or row that was already taken. So you go, go, and I'm going to take this spot. <laughs> row is mar- or column is marked by a cute cat pawn. And then there's catnip, where it's funny, because if you have no catnip, you get no points. But if you have only mm-hmm. one catnip, you get negative one. But if you have multiple catnips, <laughs> then you get positive points at that point. Wow. When I saw the, the box, I didn't expect that much stuff to be going on inside of it. It looks just like a quick card game. They have just enough strategy in this game to keep you occupied. So you could sort of play it willy-nilly without much strategy and probably do okay if you're just focusing on cats. But strategy will help you, no doubt. And there's also cat toys, which honestly I thought was a little unbalanced. I I think the scoring balance is probably my only pet peeve. Because I think it's a, t- a hair unbalanced in the scoring. Oh, <laughs> wow. Back to back. Oh, boy. She's on a roll. I think you would just scratch the surface on the strategy here. <laughs> hey. yeah. there, there are cool little things you can get your paws on here. <laughs> I mean, you're all drawing from the same deck, so it seems like the balance will kind of work itself out. And once everybody knows that the toys have a lot of uh, value to them, everybody will be pawing for them. Uh, yes, that that is correct. So it is important to watch what cards your opponents are collecting. Mm-hmm. So you make sure they don't corner the market on cat toys and grab all those extra high bonus or points. Or grab all the costumes. Getting the most costumes gets you six points, which is a lot of points. But collecting other costumes gets you none. So that's kind of an interesting thing. Some of the cards work where everybody gets the points. And some of the cards for victory points put you in competition, where it's only the person with the most gets it. That's one thing that people make have a little trouble wrapping their heads around the first couple times they play. Does it say right on the card, though, like how you get the victory points for it? it? Every card tells you how it's scored, Ashley. So you don't even need the rule book once you get the basic rules. The other thing you have to manage is the food because cats are finicky. Oh, types of food? Oh. So Keaton, for example, wants two pieces of milk. He doesn't want tuna. He doesn't want chicken. He wants milk. What cat would refuse tuna and chicken? Come on. Certain cats require specific foods, which I think is an adorable truth about cats. The stray cats was another area where I thought the balance was a little bit off. Some of the cats are like, you get one extra victory point for every orange cat you feed. 
That's what the stray cat mm-hmm. does for you. But for example, LeVar Purton <laughs> gives you four victory points for Whoa. any color cat of your choice. Each one Whoa. of those that you feed. So that seems to me, I mean, I get it. They wanted to pay homage to LeVar Burton. Somebody loves LeVar Burton here. But <laughs> it was, I felt, way off balance compared to the other stray cats. Yeah. Usually there's a little risk in the stray cat because stray cats usually reward you for collecting a set of cats. For example, white cat. So if you don't have any white cat, you don't get any extra bonus points for that one. Oh, so the stray itself says which ones you need to group up with it? Yeah. Now, the game says 14 and up, but I have to say, I played with my 10-year-olds, and they absolutely love this game. Yeah, the age seemed a little weird, and I don't know why they decided 14 and up. It could be, are there little pieces in the box? There are little pieces. They're little wooden cubes. Yeah, so. that might be why. Uh, okay, that, w- that may be the issue then. And the cubes are an ingenious little use. You collect food cards, but you immediately cash food cards in for cubes. Uh, of food. So chicken is red, tuna is a blue cube, and so forth. And what's great about those cubes is it's a, it's a wonderful way to keep track of your food because you're going to have like five to 10 cats in front of you and trying to keep track of all the food they need is so much easier when you could just drop the cubes right on the cards because some cats need three different types of food. Mm-hmm. Are they fatter than the other cats? <laughs> <laughs> all these cats look well-fed, I have to admit, even the strays. <laughs> Healthy cats. Yeah. yeah. They don't look like Bill from uh, Bloom County. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope somebody knows who you're talking about because that's hilarious. <laughs> look it up, folks. <laughs> we do have a hyper unboxing of this game on our Instagram, which is a great compliment to this segment. I would definitely mm. check it out. Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury Cat Lady. Evan? Easy to learn, easy to play. And if cats aren't your pet of choice, that has no impact on the fun. Scratch it up. Ed? A fast sack collection game that is fun as it is cute. Dig it up. This game is already a staple in my finicky five-cat home. Dig it up. (laughs) Evan, where can you find this game? You can find Cat Lady online and at local game stores. Suggested retail price, about 25 bucks. And if you're really lucky, you might be able to find a premium edition for 30 bucks that has upgraded components. And it comes with a sticker sheet so you can sticker things and a score pad. Oh, oh, cool. If you have thoughts about Cat Lady, let us know. We are at Which Game First on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Our next game up is Clank Legacy Acquisitions Incorporated, designed by Andy Clotis and Paul Denon, published by Direwolf Digital. Penny Arcade, and Renegade Game Studios in 2019. Number of players, 2 to 4, ages 13 and up, playtime, 90 to 120 minutes. Okay, when we ordered this nostalgic game from the back pages of Dragon Magazine, what were our first (laughs) thoughts? (laughs) Evan? Clang, 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 went the trolley, ding, 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 went the bell. Oh, you said clank. That's (laughs) different. You asked me what my first thought was. That was my first thought when I heard this game. I don't want to be inside your head ever. (laughs) (laughs) too late Mike be very very quiet we're hunting treasure (laughs) Ed here at Acquisitions Incorporated we are hiring those with the go-getter spirit so this is an adventure game where I'm gonna work for some company with a semi-catchy name to go risk my hide to get them treasure okay (laughs) 
Before we read the fine print on this review, Evan, tell us how it's played. In Clank Legacy Acquisitions Incorporated, you're part of the greatest adventuring company in all the planes, and you just may end up saving the world. You'll work with and against your co-adventurers in a 10-plus game campaign of this deck-building legacy game. Your successes, failures, and choices will permanently affect the game and the world around you as your journey unfolds. Be cunning, be bold, and most importantly, Celeste, be ready as you climb the corporate ladder. Fun times climbing the corporate ladder. Oh no, it's the glass ceiling. (laughs) Wait, wait, is this a legacy game or real life? (laughs) So, Ed, why don't you tell us a little bit about where they came up with the story for this game? Penny Arcade is a webcomic that started back in 98. And, of course, part of that is an adventuring group called... Acquisition Incorporated is what some of the characters in this webcomic created. And now they have a podcast, a web series, and other shows featuring these characters from the webcomic and Acquisition Incorporated. It's a big fandom now. Yeah, Penny Arcade's big, too. They host cons and stuff. All the PAX conventions originated with Penny Arcade, right, Ed? Uh, Yes, it's called the Penny Arcade Expeditions. Yeah, that's where the title PAX, Penny Arcade Exhibition, comes from. I didn't know that. I thought they were just trying to say peaceful convention. (laughs) I didn't know that either. So originally, these characters come from somebody's tabletop adventuring campaign, right? Uh, It definitely originates from the uh, adventures with D&D. Clank is a deck building game, and basically the idea and theme of it is to venture and delve into the dungeon, gain treasure, but beware of making too much noise going clank, clank, clank along the way. Because each time you make noise and grab loot, the dragon will notice and go hunting you down. Yeah, I mean, mechanically, this game reminds me of a game like Ascension or Dominion, where you have cards available to buy and add to your deck. But it has a couple of different currencies in the game. Clank being one of them, movement is another kind of currency, and and ability to fight is another one. Um, And you're trying to balance those things in your deck. So you actually have a character whose deck you are building. And these characters have minis that come with the game. The game's components are fantastic. Would you say the miniatures are archetypes of standard adventuring characters? Yeah, the characters had a little bit of flavor because they had their own specific goals. Everybody's tuck box had different personal goals that they can achieve. So this is a legacy game. Things will be torn up. Things will change. You will collect things that you will keep for the next adventure. You'll write things on the boards. And you'll put stickers on the board. And you get to name the, the tavern that you start at. That was delightful. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Our uh, name was terrible, though. <laughs> no, it was so bad. It was great. <laughs> but I think that's fantastic, right? A, an early adventuring party should have terrible names involved in it somewhere. <laughs> and I would argue that Acquisitions Incorporated is one of those terrible type names that you might come up with <laughs> at an early D&D <laughs> game. I mean, I remember playing early D&D in the 90s, and there was a couple of guys who had a company called Gnomes Are Us, where they sold their treasures. <laughs> <laughs> what was the name of our tavern? Our tavern. Do you want me to say mm-hmm. it? Or? Go ahead, yeah. Mike. Our tavern was the Lonely Fish Steak. 
<laughs> yes! Kind of like mystique and fish stick at yes, the same time. Fish stick. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> we came with it piece by piece. I'm writing lonely. Okay. The lonely. We're, it's in. Lonely. The lonely. The lonely mug. Lonely llama. It would be something like that. The Should lonely be. fork. The lonely plate. The lonely dish. The lonely, lonely llama. Cup. Lonely drink. Something nice. that could be lonely. It's nice. The lonely baloney. <laughs> okay. No. no. <laughs> lonely baloney. Lonely baloney. <laughs> the lonely fish. The lonely fish. All right. Done. All right. All right. The lonely fish. No schools for him. Lonely the lonely fish, fish stick. Mm. How about S T I Q U E? Fish stick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure our audience is delighted that we gave them the entire origin story. <laughs> it was worth it. This is an important part of the game is naming your stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that is what makes legacy game special. The specificity is the soul of narrative. It is what gives mm-hmm. a story life. And legacy games definitely give you that to do, which is yeah. fun. Four of us, four veteran Gamers, game designers, LARP, lifetime LARPers. The best we could come up with was the lonely fish fish stick. <laughs> <laughs> We were struggling so badly. Too many chefs, man. Too many chefs. You can see our tavern card on our Instagram page. We have a lovely picture of the lonely fish steak. But think of it. We, we were so good that we were on theme in being bad. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. So it's an interesting game board as well in that it ends before it ends, in meaning it's only half done because you're going to add locations as you go. Yep, and change routes and stuff too. And Yep, block off paths, start to collapse on you. Add a new path. Yep, maybe yeah. the Lonely Fish Steak will get taken over by another business. Who knows? <laughs> we don't know. It's legacy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the mechanics were pretty good in this game. Um, I... I it always enjoy building a deck. Um, there's even stickers that you stick on certain cards at the end of the adventure. That that was kind of cool, a unique way to make the decks change in the long run. I like the combination of deck building and a board game in a sense where your the card you play and the deck you build also has a board that you're interacting with. And of course, with the legacy thing, that board is changing and the story changes. So I loved all that. I did kind of find it tough, though, that your deck determined how much you can move each turn. Um, there's no default way to move. So you could be standing one space away from your goal and not have the right cards to get to it. But some of the treasures you acquire along the way allow you special moves or mm-hmm. access to passageways that other players don't have. Mm-hmm. Or teleport. I felt very frustrated by the movement. I, I thought the movement mm-hmm. made the game less pleasant. Mm-hmm. I, I understand perhaps some of that frustration, Celeste, because... Because you know that the clock is ticking. In other words, with every clank, the dragon becomes more aware and you you become more at peril. Is it a sense of urgency or do you feel rushed by that fact? So I've played clank a couple times now and I already knew that movement is important. So that is one of the things I like about the game because you have to balance buying movement cards over buying money cards. So if you get too much money, great, you can buy cards that you want, but you won't move. And also, if you buy too much movement, you'll be able to move wherever you want, but you won't be able to buy anything. So you got to find that balance. Right, but movement is one thing that is annoying to not have access to. Like, maybe one turn, oh, I can't fight because I dropped my sword, or, oh, I didn't bring my pouch full of money. But the fact that you're standing there wishing you could move is kind of weird to me, and I don't know. I design around movement. 
I definitely agree, especially in this type of game with this type of theme. It didn't feel mm-hmm. right. Part of the theme of the game is moving through the board and trying not to make noise. So the movement and the clank card interact very well because you have to try to get to the part of the dungeon where the cool loot is and then make your way back. And the suspense of the game is hoping that you have enough movement to do it all. I really enjoyed the fact that you could press your luck and, you know, more of your cubes go into the bag. But there's still an element where when somebody triggers pulling cubes out of the bag, they could just completely miss your cubes. So all the risks you took could actually hurt other people. It's always delightful to watch you put more cubes in the bag than somebody else, but have all their cubes yeah, get drawn get out instead. Yep, yep. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. So we talked about the mechanics. We know it's a legacy game. I need to talk about the theme. All right. Specifically the storyline in the theme. (laughs) (laughs) So you are an adventurer, an aspiring adventurer who wants to sign on with this corporation in your fantasy world that wants you to go out and risk yourself to get them treasure that they will then pay you for, give you your cut. <laughs> You're forming a franchise of Acquisition Incorporated. So you are anxious to impress them so you can start your own franchise. Because isn't that what everybody wants in a fantasy game? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I wondered immediately if it was a case of them being too delighted by their own nostalgia for their own game. As a counterpoint, I think a lot of people will enjoy the fan service that the game offers. Or there are going to be some people who enjoy that little bit of mix of corporate culture with their fantasy because it's different. It's one thing to have a corporate culture in fantasy. I get that. Yeah, but it's another thing to have no choice but to be this hard scrabble group of desperate people trying to start a franchise. Well, yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to say what the long game is in this one because it is a legacy game. So hopefully they will throw some surprises at you. I could totally see how a comic book about people who were super excited about starting a franchise could be really interesting. But if you don't want to be one of those people, I don't know if this game holds a lure. As a seasoned veteran of tabletop RPGs, I was wondering if I was just being cynical and pretentious about it. So I asked my 10-year-old, he's an up-and-coming GMer, what did he think about it? And the first thing he said to me is, oh, so there's robots in this game? Right. I said, no, what made you think that? He's like, well, it's Clank. I mean, wouldn't there be robots? (laughs) So I said, no, and I explained what Clank meant. You know, you got to avoid clanking your armor for the dragon to hear you. He's like... Okay, well, it sounds like it should have a steampunk theme. And then immediately he also went into, it would be cool if Acquisitions Incorporated was actually a cover for a government organization or some big evil (laughs) bad guy. It could be. Right. So immediately, immediately he wanted to expand on that world. Well, I'd like to see where it evolves to since we just played the first round of it. I love deck builders. And this one was really fun while you're building your deck. But at the end of each round you disassemble the deck you just built and put back your starter deck together again yeah why doesn't things become permanent yeah i thought i was gonna keep it it's a legacy game i thought they gave me a box to put my cards in yeah <laughs> like why didn't i get to put my cards in them? they well change as you play more for example the deck of community cards are changing as you add new card to it so the community deck the deck that gets played out in the beginning mm-hmm. is changing every session 
Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury Clank Legacy Acquisitions Incorporated. Evan? Clank definitely has all the things legacy game lovers desire. Deck building, map revealing, a sense of urgency, or just a few of those things. So dig it up. Mike? You're not just building a deck, you're kind of building your own little world, and I want to see where it goes, so dig it up. Ed? It's cool to see the map grow as you explore and see the consequences of your actions. Dig this up for fame and advancement in the company. (laughs) (laughs) As you can tell already, the premise of this game really put me off from the get-go. I felt too boxed in in a story I didn't care about. And I felt the play and mechanics did not do enough to bring me around. So I'm going to have to bury it. Evan, where can you find this game? You can find Clank Legacy online and at local game stores, roughly $100. If you have thoughts about Clank Legacy, let us know. We are at Which Game First on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We would love to hear from you. Our last game of this week is Sneaky Pete, designed by Mark Ducati, published by Pressman Toy Corp in 1986. Number of players, two, ages eight and up, playtime, 10 minutes. When we went through the swinging saloon doors and saw this game awaiting for us on the table, what were our first thoughts? Mike? Ew, are those dice with blank sides on them? Ed? Who is this Pete guy and why is he being so sneaky? Evan? This game has a dice arena with a bluffing shield. Oh man, this is going to be good. The game board flips over and Pete's head is right side up either way you flip it. That is so cool. (laughs) (laughs) Like an Escher illusion sort of thing. Well, he's so sneaky because he has eyes on both sides of his head. But before we bluff our way through this review, Evan, tell us how it's played. In Sneaky Pete, you will tell the truth or stretch it as you call out your roll of the dice from behind the bluffing shield. Each roll you get away with moves you closer into opposing territory. But watch out for Sneaky Pete. He's full of surprises. <laughs> like one surprise. The first player to land on and eliminate all their opponent's pieces wins the game. Oh. Okay, it sounds like that Pirate's Bluff game where you like shake the dice and what is it called? Liar's Dice. You're rolling dice, they're hidden, and you're bluffing. Yeah, that's basically it. The star of this game is definitely the board component. Oh, yes. Which is a really cool plastic octagon with a felt bottom. A dice tray. It's a hex, yo. It's a hexagon, yeah. And that bluffing shield. It's brilliant. (laughs) It's a great design. Because you just flip it back and forth depending on who's rolling the dice at the time. And it covers your dice roll perfectly. Why do you need to flip it? So you never have to move the board, Mike. You just flip the screen. You don't have to rotate it. Oh, oh! you mean the piece inside the board flips up. Yeah, it's an attached shield that flips. And either way it's flipped, it's designed. There's a piece of artwork on it that is designed to look the same upside down as it does right side up. So P is always (laughs) right side up no matter which way you flip it. Ah, You can see this on Instagram, the flipping of the shield. Check our Instagram feed. It is the neatest little board no matter which way you turn it this creepy guy is always looking at you yes mm-hmm. yes that's right <laughs> yeah <laughs> <A> sneaky pete <laughs> he looks like a 49er <laughs> why do all prospectors sound like that 
<laughs> because they do. All our thoughtless archetypal ones do, yeah. <laughs> and there's no one around to call us out for the stereotype anymore because they're all gone, so we can do it. <laughs> if I had a cat pistol, I'd be shooting it off right now. Oh, boy. <laughs> wow, are we having more fun with the discussion than you guys did with the game? Like, was it any good? Yes. Oh, no. Yeah. But the game is really simple, it, and it forces you to bluff from time to time because you can't say the same number twice in a row. I've seen bluffing games like that, too. You have to up the ante each time around or whatever. How did you guys do with the reading of your friends? Could you read when they were bluffing? Uh, I think it was about 50% successful, so that's average. <laughs> so it's just as good as a coin flip every yeah, time, right? <laughs> I felt like I got away with murder in this game. I felt like nobody could could figure out if I was bluffing or not. And I think the key to that is is almost not knowing yourself. <laughs> right. Just really quickly deciding at the last second whether you're going to bluff right, or not. Right, so you get an almost genuine reaction to yeah. the number. You're like, yeah. yep, don't give up your tell. If you call somebody out on the bluff and they really rolled it, you lose your turn. Mm. But if mm-hmm. they lied, they lose their turn. Yeah, you don't want to lose your turn because it's a quick game to begin with, but you start losing your turn and it becomes even a faster game than that because you're going to mm-hmm. get wiped out pretty quickly. And then, of course, there's the sneaky peek. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Is that a dice roll? Yes. Yeah, one die has a sneaky peek on one side, and if you roll it and call sneaky peek, you get to go anywhere on the board. That's the die you were referring to, Mike, the one that has like five blanks and one sneaky peek. Oh, There's your, six, your your least favorite six-sided in history. Put something else <laughs> on there. You have all this real estate to do something interesting for your game. You could write not peek. Yeah, right. You could yeah, right. anything, right? <laughs> I like the blank page. It clearly tells you it does nothing. Me too. Uh, yeah, I love a game that has a whole function where 90% of the time it does nothing. So you only need to roll, there's only one die like that that has one Sneaky Pete on it. So when you roll the rest of the dice, if one of them, if the Sneaky Pete one comes up, you can just say Sneaky Pete and that's it. There are two dice. One had numbers on it, the other one had the the Sneaky Pete or nothing. I mean, at least it seems like the time it takes to play this game is short enough where you're not like Mm -hmm. bored or annoyed. How do you accumulate points? Like what is the goal? Eliminate the other people's pegs. The outside of the hexagon has pegs. So you move your pegs around and and try to clear the other ones out. It's a knockout game. Remember Bloxo when you had to knock out your... It's kind of like that. Bloxo. Now it's sneaky pee. All right. So so some people might just take the strategy of saying saying three every time, hoping that, you know... No one calls you bluff. No one calls you bluff, and you just go around the board as fast as you can. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Well, sometimes three is not what you need. The opponent is only two spaces away. You might want to say two. Oh, you have to land on top right. of them exactly. You okay. have to land on yes, top you do. of them to eliminate them. Yep. And you don't want to put yourself in a position where you get close enough to your opponent that they now have a chance to jump all over you. So uh-huh. you use a little tiny bit of strategy. Yeah. It says it's a 10-minute game. I'd be surprised if the average game went five minutes. I, I will say I've never seen a picture where the man's hat is the man. So yes, his hat is, is his beard. Is his beard is his hat? Yeah, it's, it's a neat optical illusion. Check it out on Instagram. It is, and you just can't help but stare at it. I mean, it's not like this one thing you look at once, say, "Oh, that's neat," and turn away. You, you're you're fixated. On you're it. mesmerized, kind of like the Eddie Cantor game. Yes, yes, like the Eddie Can- Eddie Cantor hypnotizes you in that game. <laughs> yeah, I should call it creepy Pete, not sneaky Pete. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury Sneaky Pete. Ed? The game is fast. It looks neat. And it's fun to bluff. But there just isn't enough here to keep me playing after a game. So I'm going to bury it. Evan? Dice rolling, bluffing, and a felt arena with a bluff shield. Well, not much strategy here, but it has enough novelty to at least try it. So... Dig her up. <laughs> I mean, I certainly got my dollar fifty worth out of it because I bought it at the thrift store. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, I say it's worth a dollar. Yeah, sure. and my kids enjoy playing it on occasion. I mean, you know, if you're a collector of really simple games or novelty items, this is probably worth it. Otherwise, so I personally will dig it up. Yeah, you can find this game online used from nine to 25 bucks. And if you have thoughts about Sneaky Pete, we'd love to hear from you. We are at Which Game First on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And that brings us to the end of our show. We look forward to hearing about all the game exploring you've done. If you'd like more perks and content from our show, including our exclusive patron-only podcast, Bonus Points. Bonus, bonus points. For just $3 a month, you can go to our website and become a supporter today. If you get a chance, please leave us a rating, a review, a shout-out. Follow us on Instagram, please. It is really helping people find the show. Join our chat on our Discord. We are at Which Came First. And check us out on Facebook. Happy Gaming Explorers. Sneaky Pete says, you're darn tootin'. Maybe I got a sick. Maybe I don't. Do you feel lucky? <laughs> <laughs>